episode 2525. I can't believe we've been doing this 25 times. He is William Quigley in Santa Monica, California. I am Ken Rakowski over here in Los Angeles. Oh, we're same city, same place. We're hanging out, looking at what's going on in uh, the crypto space, blockchain space, alternative coin space, just next generation of currency space. He's the smart guy. I'm the talking head. And we together break the news when, oh, no, wait, we fix the news when everyone else breaks it. How's that sound? That sounds like we're breaking the law. What do you mean? By the way, today is propaganda uh, episode 25, meaning almost every story we are reading has been over-sensationalized by the people that have released the story. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yep, and I agree. You do. You totally agree. By the way, William could be seen all over the world. He's speaking at so many different conferences. He's become a very busy boy. His two companies are rock in the world, Wax and Opskins. If you're a gamer, you need to know both. And by the way, I have a feeling the uh, Wax side of things might go beyond gaming. Am I speculating? You are speculating, and I think your speculation has some uh, truth to it. Some merit. Yeah, okay. Well, let's pay attention. Watch what happens. Wax. You can find out more by going to, is it wax.io? Is that where you go? Wax.io. All right, Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. Of course, big investment banking firm. Uh, They are the ones that actually did not go down during the 2008 uh, depression if you remember, don't, wasn't it amazing when you saw Lehman Brothers and all these big companies saying, you know, okay. we're going to have to close the Yeah, doors? but Ken, I have to interrupt you for one second there. What? No, they did go down. What? They failed. What? They were, yes. They Wait were, a second. No, no, no. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They got, they had $25 billion of, of equity in their company. They we're going to lose $50 billion from their investment in these um, uh, collateralized debt obligations. But instead, they were going to lose that because AIG was their insurance company who had backed them when they put all this money into these risky things. And then they got an insurance company to protect them. Well, the insurance company wound up becoming a ward of the state. It went bankrupt. But a former... Goldman Sachs uh, CEO, who was then, what, was he Secretary of the Treasury, uh, went and said, hey, I'm going to go and get $200 billion to bail out the insurance company, 50 billion of which will go to Goldman Sachs. Yeah, too big to fail. You can go watch the movie. I think it's on Netflix. Actually, a great movie. Uh, Paulson is who you're talking about. Yes, Uh, and Paulson. Yes, it's actually a great movie. And unfortunately, it's real life. (laughs) on what happened. The reason why I bring it up, and I'm happy that you have corrected me, but I was gonna joke around about it because they apparently couldn't see their own future. For them to come out and say, yeah, that Bitcoin thing, eh, it's never gonna come back. That's what they're speculating. What's your thought about that? Uh, what my thought is, is they uh, the report which I read uh, was I guess their rationale for why Bitcoin price won't go up again mm-hmm. is is like ridiculously flawed. That's what I would say. It may not go up again. I mean, no one knows, but I certainly wouldn't say it's not going to go up for the reasons they do. They say, oh, it can't be used as a currency. And it's like, it's not used as a currency. 
it, period. It's so the fact that Bitcoin can't be used in you know day-to-day -day consumer transactions is not an indication that it's it's a bad investment to hold or that it has no value. So I was surprised that they this is like an antiquated point of view. This is like 2014 type thinking. Oh, Bitcoin is a is a payment method. It's not. It's a terrible payment method. It has other elements that make it very valuable, but payment method is not one. So that's where I would dispute their their opinion. Just that, well, yeah, but the payment method piece, it's never been a payment method and it was going up in value. So the fact that it's not a good payment method and they're just finding it out shouldn't really affect the value. Let's pretend it's listener email right now. We're gonna do that later on the show, but I have a listener email coming from Ken in Los Angeles, California to William. Dear William from CoinDMZ, by the way, love the show. It's my favorite show ever. Do you ever have to play nice because you're afraid if you say something negative, they might be a potential investor into your company? Love, Ken. By the way, I like your co-host, William Ken. Only if they're clowns. No, I'm being I serious. I'm serious. Are you sometimes making sure you don't pummel somebody that is a complete idiot because they might be potential investors in one of your two companies. Well, let's be clear about this, right? Of course, if I invited Mr. Goldman Sachs over to my to my house for dinner, it'd be very, very nice. But uh, the very, very smart people at Goldman Sachs don't have to um, worry that one of their ideas is going to be criticized. I mean, that's the nature of uh, investing, right? You make contrarian decisions and you telegraph them and you wait to hear what you what you hear. So I don't think they're going to have trouble sleeping by me saying, you know what, your, your rationale is flawed. I think that's probably very good. They're probably happy that we're even talking about their report. <laughs> okay, now, keep we, in mind, Goldman Sachs is also the company that said back in, I don't think it was 2004 or five, that, that uh, uh, oil was going to go from $80 to $250, and instead it went to like $40. So look, at, you make a bad call. I've made bad calls, and if you make a bad call or one that I think uh, is flawed, I'm going to point it out. I'm always good at predicting the future of the past. Yeah. That's a yeah. Good trick. I'm, hey, I can do it all day long. I can tell you what ha what's going to happen in 2017. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be right, too. So when we come back, we have some really incredible headlines because they're all about sensationalization. It's overhyped, overblown. This new thing called Backed might be the biggest news story when it comes to the crypto space. Bitcoin has to hit 213000 to replace the U.S. money supply. Is Coinbase trying to become the new PayPal? 200,000 routers have been hacked to mine crypto. Walmart is filing a ton of blockchain patents. And a company you might know is the first ever to accept Bitcoin and Ethereum in its IPO. And we got listener email. He is William Quigley. I'm Ken Rakowski. You're listening to episode 25 of Coin DMZ. It's Coin DMZ episode 25. We've been doing this for a long time. We've seen Bitcoin when it was all the way up at the top. And we've seen it when it's around right wherever it's at right now. I don't know, 7,800, who knows. 
But uh, do we care? Yeah, maybe a little, but we know it is a rat race that goes up and down. If you want to get a hold of William or myself, it's easy. It's hello, H-E-L-L-O, at coindmz.com. And we get a lot of listener emails, which we'll touch upon a few a little later on in the show. But, of course, we're here with you every single week. <clears throat> right, William? Every week? William? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, every week. Hey, do you know who Brian Kelly is? Uh, the um, CNBC uh, uh, guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah, CNBC guy. He said on Friday that this new thing called back, let me make sure I, I don't know how to say it correctly. It's B-A-K-K-T. I don't even know what it stands for. He says it's the biggest deal, the biggest thing in the crypto space right now. This is what he said. Okay, let me explain what this is and you tell me if this is a big deal. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, the New York Stock Exchange owners, that's the International Continental Exchange, better known as ICE, not the same ones that will potentially deport you. They have developed a brand new platform to allow you to exchange Bitcoin into fiat. Whoa! Have you ever heard of this before? Well, um... When I helped create GoCoin in 2013, I did hear of it. And there's a bunch of other companies that did too. So I'm going to assume this company, BAT, which is, you know, from a New York Stock Exchange owner, is doing something cooler than just allowing you to um, uh, convert your Bitcoin into money. Yeah, that, well, you that, know doesn't seem interesting this is where it's cooler he found a way or they found a way to get starbucks and microsoft and some other big retailers to get involved maybe that's really the only big premise of this story so i'm going to help our audience here guys bitcoin is a failure as a consumer purchasing method it does not work for a whole bunch of reasons. Bitcoin's great for many reasons, but it is not great as a way to pay for stuff, consumer stuff. It just It's just bad. So I, for the life of me, can't figure out why Starbucks would want people trying to pay for stuff in Bitcoin. It makes no sense. It makes no sense because credit cards and PayPal and you know, Venmo or whatever, Apple Pay are more convenient, at least in the United States. So if the message was, we're going to help people who have no payment method in far off countries, war torn or something like that, I'd say, okay, that's fine. Now there's other people doing that, but whatever, that's fine. So I'm going to assume, Ken, that we don't know what this company really was like built for. Because it can't be a Bitcoin payment processing company because those have been around a long time. There's a ton of them. As a matter of fact, if you read some of the comments on these stories that are popping up that are talking about it, people are saying, we don't get it. There's hundreds of these payment systems that are out there. And then why would the Coinbase one be a big deal? So Coinbase uh, basically announced some plugins that go on people's e-commerce sites. Of course, they work with Shopify. Now they're working with WooCommerce and they're allowing people to accept major cryptocurrencies directly into their uh, Coinbase uh, wallet. They can go in and out. Big deal or is it just a big deal because Coinbase is the biggest player out there? 
Yeah, maybe that's the reason, but the fact that you can set up a website, an e-commerce site, and you can use this uh, plugin to accept cryptocurrency, I mean, again, that's been around for five years. So um, now Coinbase has landed a good-sized customer, which is WordPress, which is a huge Biggest. percentage of online stores use WordPress. Uh, now, I might add, WordPress is incredibly unsafe. Uh, it's 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 you know it's filled with security problems. So uh, I, I hope Coinbase has done its work to make sure that you know people don't get ripped off. But um, yeah, I uh, I think it's maybe interesting just because it's a big customer that they landed. You know that ten percent of uh, this group that you're part of with me that we meet on Saturday, and, and I know you're going to be speaking. Um, the talk that you gave on Saturday, because nobody knows when we record the show, was amazing, by the way. So I'm happy that you came to our metal group and spoke. But 10% of our members have paid with Bitcoin or Ethereum. Okay. That's a big number. I mean, yeah, it's over 200 a, people. Yeah, I mean, out of the general population, it's, I mean, it's certainly much less than 1%. So the fact that... The group, that group, which is a technology-focused uh, group, would have uh, 10% or 10 times the amount of people who've paid with uh, uh, crypto is interesting. But look, and I'm a big fan, as you know, of cryptocurrencies, but uh, I, I'm a big fan of them in the right application. Right. I don't think as a method of payment, uh, in, and I will caveat it, as a standard method of payment for someone in the United States, buying something from a retailer in the United States, it doesn't make sense. If you're trying to do stuff cross-border, if you're trying to buy something in another country, it is a very useful way to pay. But it's not so interesting if you're if the whatever you're buying is that company or our e-commerce site is in the same country as you. Okay. Do you remember the 1997 movie called Contact with Jodie like Foster? I was six years old, so yeah. You were not. How could I remember that? No, no, that was Escape from Witch Mountain. That's when you were six years old, and Jodie Foster was in that movie. <laughs> I <laughs> right. do remember that one. Okay, so if you remember that whole organ, that group that Jamie Foster was part of was called SETI. Do you remember that? I do. It's like Search for Extraterrestrials or something. That's right, Search for Extraterrestrials. So the premise of SETI is it's constantly searching out there in space to find out if there's extraterrestrial life that's out there. And they came up with something in the early 2000s, right after something called Point Cash just kind of was a failed project experiment in 1998. And that was a way to utilize people's computers during downtime to do processing. So if you got the SETI application, which is a really cool screensaver, it utilized your idled time of your computer to do all this massive processing. It's still pretty cool to this day, okay? People didn't know it was happening and it was doing it all on the back end. Kind of cool. Great idea. I have a feeling that these hackers may have watched that movie in 1997 with Jodie Foster going, that SETI idea? Let's get all the routers in Brazil to do the same thing. And it's not a bad idea because it's easy to hack a lot of these routers. So they turned 200,000 routers, which are just little computers, into uh, 
Monero coin mining thoughts. Um, <laughs> I would say to them, you know, it's probably a lot more work than it was worth because they weren't able to do it for very long. Yeah, why would they go after such an obscure token? Well, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it, it could just be that the mining, um, the mining computing uh, intensity from an arrow, I don't know, but it could be not that high. So by doing this, they were able to uh, be one of the biggest miners for that coin. Got it. Okay. And they found it. This has been corrected, but they did go after specifically in Brazil, which I thought was unique. And they hijacked 200,000 big group of routers to do this. So do you remember in the early dot-com days? And I'm not sure if you were like me. I went and sat back and typed in every three-letter dot-com that was not taken. And I just bought a ton of them. Did you do this? I did not. No, you didn't. I got one good one. Y-O-U.com. Oh. U.com. I let that one expire. Kind of an idiot. Uh, plus a whole bunch of other ones. But it was during that heyday where you could just go off, go like crazy and just go and grab tons of URLs. Well, I kind of feel like this is the same when it comes to patents in the blockchain space. Don't you agree? I do indeed. Yep. It is, it is the time, if you can, you go nuts on every some everything that is blockchain this, blockchain that. You submit it to the patent office, and since nobody's probably doing it, you can probably grab that patent. And some big names like Walmart saying, hey, we're doing this when it comes to IoT. That's the Internet of Things. They're basically creating a, um, a smart application to allow you to control your different devices. But I, I think this story is basically the beginning of a big problem for companies like you. Mm. Yeah, so you're talking about, hey, big companies filing patents. And is uh, if a bunch of companies file a bunch of patents that are very broad, it'll mm -hmm. make it more difficult for startups and other innovative companies to launch new products because they're blocked by patents. I think there is a risk of that. I do. Uh, so, so develop your company in China. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, you do know chi uh, Chinese copyright? You know what it is, right? What? Copy, right? <laughs> so I, I, I think this is what's going to happen. I really believe that a lot of these cash-rich companies are gonna go crazy on do the, doing this. Kind of like what Intel Capital did a long time ago. They were just a patent house or Intellectual Ventures based in Seattle, a patent house. And they would sit on these until somebody infringed, either they would sue them or find some type of licensing ability. But when I see this, I mean, come on, Walmart, blockchain, I, I, I just don't see the greeter well, at the, the door going- The particular patent you're referring to, it, it, it revolves for Walmart, it revolves around this, uh, UI or user interface uh, design. And uh, uh, I looked at the patent and um, it seemed so ordinary. It's like, like there are so many people who have talked about what it is that they're trying to do that uh, I was surprised that they even thought it was novel, quite frankly. Are you saying it's too broad? Uh, it's not even so too broad. It's just, 
it, it, you remember the one click checkout from Amazon? Oh, yeah, Amazon. And yeah, how sure. Pilloried uh, Amazon was. And this led to changes in the patent office itself. It was absurd. Uh, you know, it's like patenting the idea of saying thank you after you get something. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of obvious. Why are you doing that? So it's very possible Walmart will never even try to employ this patent app, but there are many, many groups, banks especially, uh, that have been filing lots of patents around blockchain. And, uh, you know, patents are supposed to serve a really good purpose. They're supposed to... Uh, reward companies that spent a ton of money doing a lot of research over many, many years. And the patent office says, you did all this great research, you invented this really cool thing, and it would suck if after you did that, anybody could copy you. So we're going to give you a temporary monopoly. But it does require you to do something, put in a lot of research, and do something really innovative most of which I don't see in these blockchain patents. And I think that's the reason people are scratching their head at them. I just don't think most of these patents are novel. They should not be getting awarded patent uh, patent licenses. There you go. I find that to be very interesting. I'm with you on this one, William. So High Times, probably when your favorite magazine's next, next to what National Geographic when you were young, um, has decided to launch an IPO, not an ICO, everyone, an IPO, initial public offering, and they're going to be accepting Ethereum and Bitcoin. Now, everyone's going, oh, my gosh, this is huge. It's an IPO that's doing crypto acceptance. This is a big deal. It's 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 a Reg A plus. Now, do you explain what do you know what a Reg A plus is, William? Why don't you explain it? It's crowdfunding. It's a crowdfunding campaign. It's not a traditional IPO where they go and list on a, an exchange like a NASDAQ or a New York Stock Exchange. It's nothing like this. This is a crowdfunding campaign that theoretically even a restaurant right down the block from you can do if they wanted to. It's a crowdfunded security-based initial public offering. Accepting Bitcoin or Ethereum, it's just another form of, of, of fiat, or excuse me, another form of, 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 of financing they, they're going to accept. I don't think this is a big deal, other than, hey, we're the first to do it, everyone else, now you can do it too. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I think it's cool that they're doing it. If you have some Bitcoin or Ethereum, and you would like to invest it in an IPO. I can't say whether High Times is a good IPO or not. I think it's mostly a magazine, right? Um, I don't know about that, but uh, they clearly think that the people who will be interested in their IPO are people who might also have some Bitcoin Ethereum, which I believe makes sense since the cannabis industry, its biggest problem is the fact that it can't get banking because right. of federal laws that seem to say it's still illegal. So um, states say it's fine in the U.S., but federally it's still illegal. So uh, no bank will bank these companies, so they have lots of currency, which at some point gets kind of dangerous having so much money in your store. And uh, accepting cryptocurrencies would be a good way to get around that. And maybe they just want to start the, start the uh, discussion and highlight the fact that this is a good use case by uh, taking in crypto for their IPO. So maybe Mad Magazine and maybe Omni should come back. Bob Guccione's Omni. I I'm think Bob Guccione. Life Magazine would be great. 
but life is still around. I'm saying Omni. That was Bob Guccione who did Penthouse. Should bring Omni back, which was actually a cool magazine. That would be a great idea. <laughs> I want uh, Industry Standard to come back. Uh, with the red herring right next to it. I'm with you on that. Remember when Industry Standard started looking like a catalog? It was so thick of ads. I paid for a lot of those ads. Yes, I do. <laughs> All right. So, hey, we do get lots of email from you, the audience out there. Uh, hello at CoinDMZ, because right here is when we get to open up that mailbag. And we do. We get lots of letters, letters and letters and letters. He's William. I'm Ken. I'm going to read these emails and I'm going to let. Uh, William dive into this. Our first email is coming from Palm Springs from Terry Hunter. Love your show. Thanks for putting so much work in keeping us informed. I was wondering why coin markets have different values. For example, if you look at today's market on Bitstamp, Bitcoin is $7,376. On Coinbase, it's $7,384. And on Bitfit, the Bitnicks, it's $7,387. This seems to be the same with Ether, Bitcoin, and so on. Why is there such a variance? Right. So, uh, and it's Bitfinex, by the way. So it's a very, very uh, good observation uh, from Terry. Why is it that if you go on different exchanges based in different countries around the world, they're selling Bitcoin at different prices. So Bitstamp is in Europe. Uh, Coinbase is in the United States. Bitfinex is in Hong Kong. So you might have heard the answer there and the way I rephrased the question. Um, when you buy merchandise in a store in Los Angeles, and then you go to London, and then you go to Hong Kong, you probably expect a little bit of a difference in the price of the item, even if it's the same item, the same pair of Nike tennis shoes. And so it's no different with exchanges. Um, there's a lot of very good reasons why the prices are different. For one, different people use those different exchanges. So there are people in Hong Kong who may have um, more Bitcoin than the customer base of Coinbase in the U.S. So they have more Bitcoin than the customer base of the customers in the U.S. or Coinbase. And so they are willing to sell it for a lower price because they have too much of it. And it may be the case that uh, the Bitfinex customers, the people using the Bitfinex uh, exchange, um, they want to acquire Bitcoin. Now you could say, so they would pay more for it. So you could say, but yeah, but why doesn't the customers on Bitfinex who are paying a higher price for Bitcoin than the customers on Bitstamp, why don't they just shop at Bitstamp? Well, right. uh, just like you could go to different stores and there'll be different prices, but you still may pay the higher price because you like one over the other. Well, many exchanges limit who can register for them. So they may say U.S. customers can't be members of our exchange. They may say that, hey, we only accept deposits in Korean won, right? So all the Korean exchanges, their prices of Bitcoin are way higher than the prices you could get by buying that Bitcoin, say, in the United States. 
And the reason is, it's very hard for people in Korea to convert their Korean won into US dollars and then deposit those dollars into a Coinbase account and buy Bitcoin at a cheaper price on the Coinbase marketplace. Because the currency controls of Korea are really, really hard. As a result, if anyone has Bitcoin, the Koreans are going to spend more money because they can only buy it in Korea. Whereas maybe a US person, that guy can buy it in multiple countries and, uh, and so on. So the real reason, the real thing I would say to you, Terry, is it would be bizarre if the price of Bitcoin were the same on every exchange around the world. Makes sense. Great answer there, William. Okay, let's go to Mohammed from Detroit. I'm involved in a tangled divorce, and I'm about to go through forensic accounting. Oh, man, I feel your pain, buddy. Will my crypto show up in their due diligence? So he's going through a tingling divorce? I think it's a tangled. I think it's what he oh, meant. Oh, okay. Tangled. Tangled, right, right. So, tangled. Because I'm like, look, could I be interested in a tingling divorce? Uh, uh, so, uh, Mohammed, not his real name, uh, from Detroit. Uh, um, will your cryptocurrency show up in a financial audit by your, yeah. I'm assuming Mohammed is a male, by your wife in this not so good divorce? I right. would say very possibly it will show up. So I'm not a divorce lawyer. Um, but I will tell you this. Remember, anything on a blockchain is immutable, meaning it'll always be there. So if your wife was to remember, oh, yeah, Muhammad bought some Bitcoin, she might be able to find out what your Bitcoin address is. And then she can look it up because anyone can see somebody's uh, Bitcoin balances by just using the internet. So she could see how much Bitcoin you have. So you must assume that since it's a public record and all she needs to know is figure out what your public address is, that's kind of like your internet address. And then she could go to that address with the browser and find how much crypto you have. For that reason, you should, uh, along with being a good person, you should disclose all your marital assets. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, but I will also say, at least in the state of California, if you hide your assets, let's say you have a bunch of Bitcoin and you're like, I'm not going to tell my husband about all this Bitcoin I have. I'm just going to keep it a secret. It's not in the bank account. He's never going to know. And I'm going to get divorced and I'm going to get it. Well, maybe that works. But in California, they have a law to make you very, very cautious about trying to hide marital assets. And what the law says is if you hide them and we find out later, all of that money goes to the other spouse. So yeah. I would say you should just go and say this crypto is part of the marital assets and have it divided up in the way that, you know, the law says it has to be divided up. That right there just tells you what type of guy William is. What a wonderful man. Last one is, I think it's, is it Sing, Sangra? Sangria. Singrea. Okay, from KI. I guess that's Kuala Lumpur. I've seen images of Bitcoin. I know it's just a concept, but is there a way to get an actual physical coin for Bitcoin? Right. And it's uh, 
some people, uh, many people ask this question, you know, Bitcoin is just a digital um, creation, right? You can't actually hold it. Uh, so uh, what if I'd like to hold it? Well, uh, remember, it's not issued by a government. Bitcoin is a, a decentralized application. So, and it's all digital. However, maybe you've seen these, Ken. There are uh, people who make little metallic coins that have uh, the ability to insert the Bitcoin address in there. And so your physical coin could actually have a Bitcoin or a fraction of Bitcoin in it. But yeah, I saw a ton of them. There's, there's about 10 different yeah. coins out there it's like a, that. But it's a gimmick. But if, if, if Sangria is asking, yeah, but I'd like to hand a physical thing to my friend and say, this is a Bitcoin, you can get like, quote, real Bitcoins that will store a digital version of the actual Bitcoin if you want. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. If you uh, want to do it, it's kind of like paper stock. Yeah. I mean, if you still want to get a paper stock of Disney or Microsoft or whatever it is, you, you can still get that. Yeah. Or, it just you have to go through a process. Yeah. Or that, that little miniature sculpture of me that you have, you know, in your house, buddy, buddy, it ain't miniature anymore. <laughs> I went and got uh, one of those real dolls. It is life size and it's sitting next to me right now. That doll so, has uh, rights. It does not. Hey, um, again, op skin and wax. And you guys are producing a lot of content, I notice. You have YouTube channels. Yes. Wax has got these cool videos popping up. Yeah. People want to find out more. What do they do? Well, they can go to um, wax.io. The latest video we released is really great. It's, uh, it's a, uh, a video that actually shows our office, even shows me. And uh, has uh, a a um, like a review of the world that Wax and Opskins are building in the video game space, and with a lot of cool Hollywood graphics that's totally worth checking out. I think there's like a hundred thousand views of that thing so far. That rocks. I like that. That's exactly what we get every show here too, by the way. But listeners, and again, it's hello H E L L. O at coindmz.com. William uh, he is on my speed dial. He is right below my, I think you're right below my brother, meaning on my speed dial. Let's put it that way. I want to make sure you understand. Uh, anything you need to end the show with? Anything important? Uh, no, other than uh, this week's topics I thought were pretty cool. And uh, we are in a bear market for cryptocurrency, obviously. It's dropped a lot. But the thing to keep in mind is from where we were, you know, in early 2017, cryptocurrencies have gone up a great deal in value. And while we can never predict where they're going, I can say the use cases for crypto continue to grow. And therefore, people should stay really engaged, really involved. Uh, you make investment decisions carefully, but and crypto doesn't solve all problems, but it's an incredibly useful technology with a lot of promise. There you go. Episode 25. Thanks a lot for hanging out with William and Ken right here on Coin DMZ. Sorry.